Hi, and welcome to the Pixel Bytes podcast, a podcast which is part of the Pixels for Breakfast content network. Each week we chat about a new or classic game, going into our feelings for it, what we think about the design of certain features, and ultimately, whether we'd recommend it to you. I'm one of your co-hosts, Seamus Mullins. I'm the editor-in-chief of IndieDB and ModDB, and the producer and scout for Modularity Games living in Australia. And I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Steve Heller, founder of the Pixels for Breakfast content network and game developer living in Japan. How's it going, Seamus? Good to be back as always. Yep, yep. Man, we've been we've been smashing for the episodes. Already up to our third official review uh, for the show. And and this week was one I think you've been pretty excited for. You got to check out a little while ago. Yeah, yeah. This week we're gonna be talking about Olia from Skeleton Crew Studio. And uh yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty jazzed to talk about it. Um but before we get into it, how about I give you some background information on the game, Seamus? Please, please do. So yeah, as I said, the game is developed by Skeleton Crew Studio. They're based out of Kyoto, Japan, which I actually didn't know that until I finished the game. And as I was writing up my uh, video review, which you can check out on youtube.com forward slash pixels for breakfast, I was like, oh, hang on a second. These guys are in Japan. That's kind of interesting. Um, so I did a bit of digging there and they're a studio that does a lot of interesting things in the AR and VR spaces. They do a lot of uh, little projects and stuff that aren't necessarily 100% game focused. Um, but despite being a studio project, Olio was developed by one creator at that studio, whose name is Thomas Olsen. I'm probably saying that wrong. And, uh, it's really inspired by Prince of Persia and Another World, which we'll talk about that in the review as well. And, uh, it received the best sound nomination at Bit Summit in 2018 and also a nomination for best art at BRC 2018, which is a Korean sort of, you know, IT games festival. And it was published by Devolver Digital. And as far as I can tell, this is going on from another game that uh, Thomas Olsen at, studio, at Skeleton Crew Studio produced uh, called Backslash. And if you look at that, you can definitely see some of the DNA that went into making Olia. Um, but that is the history of the game. So Seamus, I, I absolutely loved it, but I'm dying to hear your thoughts. What did you think of the game? <laughs> I, I did enjoy it. Uh, I would say... I wanted. I would say I wanted to love it. I I really wanted to love it. There's elements of it that really grabbed me. How it let um the game just allowed the story to really breathe and let you soak in the atmosphere that was built quite well through the music and sound design and so many little elements uh, throughout the game. But it just it just didn't quite hit the mark in several areas for me. It felt a little lacking in certain places. And and the thing was, I thought this was actually a bit of a bigger team. Uh, and maybe it is overall for this year, but a bigger team that worked on this. And it wasn't until looking at the credits that I learned that it was mostly by one person, albeit with additional support in art and programming. And it seems like it was a bit of a family affair as well, because I saw the last name of the creator pop up with a few other names. So maybe it was like a partner or other family members helping out with parts of the game as well, which is which is really cool. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they, they are brothers on the, on the project. Um, right. Before we unpack on why you're wrong, because the game's amazing, <laughs> uh, I'm going to set up the story a little bit here. Uh, so the game follows Lord Faraday, who is kind of this noble, wealthy person who's on an island. He sets off on a trek on a, on a ship with his crew, and uh, they're hit with a terrible storm uh, in the seas of Terrafage. And he is uh, awoken after his ship just sort of 
falls apart during the storm. Uh, he's awoken and saved by a lone ferryman who takes him back to the island, oak tired. And when he gets there, it's just washed up, broken souls of people who have also been lost at sea. It's kind of a bit gross and uneasy. And uh, from there, he sort of starts trekking out to all the islands surrounding Oak Tide. He collects this uh, magical harpoon. I'm very, I'm being very selective with what I say because the game's quite short, so I don't want to spoil too much. Um, this magical harpoon, as he starts to attack some of the the dark enemies that are surrounding on these islands, and that's when he eventually rescues and bumps into Lady Olia, which then the game follows him, sort of trekking around looking for these shadow keys running into Olya along the way. Um, I'm not going to say too much more because, yeah, the game is short. It's about six hours long. Uh, it took me about eight, but I did a bit of stop-start doing re the recording process for the review. Um, but, yeah, I personally really... I, I do agree with what you're saying, uh, in a sense. I really, really just loved how deliberate everything seemed to be. Um, everything about this game just fills you with a sense of dread. Like, you never feel really comfortable playing the game, whether that's you're in an environment. Like, there are certain areas where you're literally climbing uh, up piles of dead bodies to climb to the next level, and there's just something very dark happening here. And the game very rarely actually tells you what's happening. It's more inferred or more for your imagination to run wild. The sound design is very sparse. There's not much music in here. A lot of the time you're moving in silence or there's just wind or the sound of the ocean. And that just also slowly creeps up on you as you get further and further into the game. And there are some really sort of dark undertones, especially in some of the cutscenes that do happen, which the cutscenes are amazing. They look like uh, LucasArts adventure games, like super, still very pixelated and stylized, but just look really great in motion. And uh, yeah, just some of those moments, like it feels like you're in a David Lynch nightmare. Um, it's, it's super strange and I just like the sort of implications that the game puts forward without actually saying things. So like, I liked that I got to draw my own conclusions and whether they be right or wrong, it definitely added to that story for me. I don't know how you felt, Seamus. Yeah, I would definitely agree with some of those points, Stephen, like with the story and how it does allow you to decide, try and decipher what's going on, not giving away too much or over explaining things. It gives you just enough to sort of cling on to a storyline. As you, as you get going. And some of the characters are pretty interesting uh, and use, like you say, very deliberately in just short little bits, like very much like the music and the sound design, like characters aren't overused. They're not necessarily there to walk you through the story and help you. They just come in for bits and uh, drabs just to have like a really powerful effect. And some of the fights and encounters that you have are really interesting and quite varied as well. So I, I really appreciated that those those elements of the story and, and the characters and the boss fights and that varied elements but it's like it's yeah it just doesn't quite get there with some things like with um the cutscenes, i can understand your point of view and where it may be coming from that makes more sense to me but with the cutscenes for me they uh, felt really average like they just <laughs> i feel like that was one of the one of the points uh in the game that was just like oh like i could maybe see where this is going from an artistic point of view uh, but just, yeah, just didn't really do it for me. It felt kind of a bit of a letdown to some other parts of the game and execution, personally. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that's not kawaii enough for you. <laughs> I, yeah, I have to heavily disagree there. But I do, I do want to point out that I'm a, I'm a big fan of not only LucasArts Adventures, which is where that sort of, I'm, I'm, I'm putting that in, that they're taking that inspiration from. 
Uh, but, you know, I, I just have watched a lot of David Lynch stuff. And while it's not as surrealist as, as his work, it definitely evokes that same sort of feeling. So for me, it was a, a really good touch, um, especially when you're sort of in the, the middle section of the game when the, uh, the evil presence starts making itself known. Uh, some of my favorite scenes in the game were definitely when you would cross paths with Lady Olia. And it was like this sort of uh, almost Romeo Juliet where they're not allowed to meet because of um, the people around them, but they're sneaking around and then you're kind of following her. And then she kind of reveals at the end that she knew you were there the whole time. And she throws the item across the thing. Like there are just these nice little playful moments where the rest of the game is quite serious and dark. And I think that those playful moments really bring some levity uh, to the experience. Also the, the yeah. yeah, the guy that you meet with the flute, when you hear that song, you're just like, I don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing. And like, I think that's, Ollie is just a big mood. It's a big mood where you're just like, <laughs> I don't know if this is good or this is bad. And I don't, oh, what's going to happen next? And, and it's I really... kind of exciting. Yeah. Not yeah. knowing what's, what's coming each step of the way and, be, and having delightful little surprises, like going to certain item, uh, islands and expecting the worst, but sometimes it's actually okay. And you'll come across a character that makes you think differently about this world or gives you a new perspective on that as well. And I do appreciate just like kind of how dark this game is like there's some like you said pretty dark themes uh that kind of make it distinct and stand out amongst a lot of similar kind of metrovania because it's not a complete metrovania but there's metrovania elements and puzzle 2d pixel art puzzle platformers it makes it stand out a little bit more in that way and then it has those moments as like you're building up the town and seeing that come together for your actions and those moments of olia and other characters that sort of break it up and bring you moments of hope but it's like, it's like for example with the town i i liked where it started going but it just didn't feel like it really went where it as far as it could have gone uh and like with some of the story as well maybe like there's some parts of the story like you're saying oh it's like there'd be a romeo juliet situation and then they'll suddenly be able to just meet and it's okay and it, that felt a bit wish-washy or all over the place for me the story that was there for me um but i guess an important thing we should definitely touch on is the is the actual gameplay and using the magical mystical harpoon that's decided to let you use it and is spoken of in hush terms by everyone in this world that you used to complete puzzles jumping around the world uh in platformy scenarios as well as in fights as well and using it to to fight enemies yeah, quickly before we get onto that, I completely disagree with you about the uh, the town building. Like, I feel like every <laughs> single game recently, like Spiritfarer is a great show of this. Everything's about like building up this thing that gives you like a buff or an ability or a story element. And like Oaktide is not that. Oaktide continues to progress because when you're out and about, you come back and you bring hope to the island. It has nothing to do with you actually building structures. It has nothing to do with you gaining anything out of it. It is more just a, my actions have weight in this world. This world is getting better because of the things I'm doing. But you do I've gain built things thing. from it. You do gain you, things you, from it. You gain, so you you do gain some health. Things. You, you gain some health, but you don't ever get any more health than when it originally is there. You just see the building build up. You, you get the hat system and it never expands past you getting resources to build the hat. The town is just progressing because you're heading out and doing things. It's not, I am specifically going to take some resources and build uh, a, hell, uh, uh, a kitchen like you don't do that it's just it's there now and that's what i really really liked about this because it's not a unnecessary micromanagement thing where i have build every 
every structure in my town to make it complete. It's not about that. And that's what I really, really enjoy. Yeah, fair, fair. Yeah, like, and I, I understand where you're coming from and can appreciate that. Yeah, like in so many games now, it becomes just a tacked on checklist. feature. A checklist of a feature, yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess like a lot of parts of this game, like the story, like the town, it feels like it starts to go somewhere and you could, I, I can see it from your point of view of just like, well, yeah, it doesn't, it uses it in its own way which, mm-hmm. for the story and the themes. And I can feel that, but it just doesn't feel like it goes quite far enough to feel satisfying. And, you know, that can be part of the game, like of it yeah, being yeah. unnerving, of it trying to make you not feel like you're ever quite happy or everything's okay. And, and, and that's what the world is. You know, it's a pretty harsh world that the game is set in. But I guess an important part as well, like another thing I found lacking and is part of the gameplay is the actual level design of although some of the the design of the islands and I liked how varied they were and told different parts of this world and uh, different clans and, and parts of it, it just would start to go one way and then would sort of just drop off uh, and just wouldn't explore a facet of a clan or these characters far enough to give it much meaning. And yeah, you can find some of that meaning in the island as you progress yourself that isn't explicitly told but it just felt that there just wasn't enough for me to grab onto or for it to just be i guess more importantly satisfying for me and but again that could be part of the objective of the game you know it's things are bad you're you're just trying to get by and escape this world uh and it's not meant to be satisfying um so yeah yeah i definitely agree with you that i think the the level design is definitely the one place that I think Ollie lacks quite a bit, but I liked everything else about the game enough that it wasn't wasn't necessarily a negative to me. I, so as you said, like the gameplay of Ollie is very much a, a puzzle platformer, Metroidvania or gated progression adventure, because I hate the term Metroidvania. Um, (laughs) And yeah, you have this harpoon that lets you sort of dash uh, like to where you throw it. Uh, And that can be whether you dash through it to enemies or you dash through it to like a uh, portal for the platforming elements. But this game is quite slow and it's got a very heavy animated style, much like Another World and Flashback, which Another World is sourced as one of the bigger inspirations here. So if you're going into this expecting something like, you know, Dead Cells with like really pixel perfect fluid motion, like Ulya is definitely not that. And that can be very frustrating for some people. Uh, firstly, once again, like I liked how weighty and crunchy it was, but it was definitely the, the part when I first started playing the game, like, oh, I don't like how this feels. I don't like the, the movement of it because I've been playing a lot of Dead Cells uh, of late. Um, and it's same as goes for the level design. Like if you're looking for something that's going to like give you a hard block, like, you know, or in Will of the Wisps and you have to come back once you have an ability or reasons to keep going back to places, like this is definitely not that game. Uh, and I, I understand why that is maybe not, uh, appealing to some people, but as I said, once again, for me, I was just so sucked into this, this world that, uh, it didn't really matter for me, but I do agree that the level design is by far the, the most lacking space in the game. And it's, it's just disappointing because so much of the world is built up really well in the art and sound design and music, uh, and the characters you you meet and then the actual mechanic itself is harpoon it's it's a cool fun mechanic uh and as more towards the end of the game you start to get some puzzles that explore and push you with with that mechanic a bit more but it just doesn't get nearly as challenging or enough that i would have liked or just interesting in the puzzles like they're all fairly straightforward 
um, and how and how to solve them. Like there was none that I was really scratching my head out or really had to think about. Like there was one area towards the end where it, like the screen really pulled away and it was this big area. I was like, oh, okay, maybe this is gonna be a real challenge. And it wasn't. It was actually really straightforward. Uh, and it was just kind of disappointing because I did enjoy the combat as well. Like how weighty it was. Yeah, it's not as flash as as some other popular Metroidvanias or roguelikes. Um, not that it's either of those, just like more popular to the side-scrolling gra- games. But it, oh, I guess it comes back to the fact that this is a small team, a, a, you know, mostly one person, it would seem like. And so what they accomplish is is quite impressive. I'm just, I just wish it, there was a bit more. I just wish it was fleshed out a little bit more in, in the love mechanics uh, and especially like the harpoon and the puzzles. Yeah, I think for me... Um... I I sat down to play an hour of this. Uh, I was planning to, you know, record uh, my review over the span of like a week or two. And I sat down to play an hour and I finished the game that day. I couldn't stop playing it. And while I can appreciate where you're coming from in terms of uh, didn't have enough puzzles that were scratching your head, like that's 100% why I was just in love with it. Like I was just there for the ride, to pull the levers, to know exactly where I'm going, to not be lost. And uh, to just keep getting drip fed this feeling of unease that the game kept serving up for me. Uh, and that's ultimately where, where I sat on it. I think it's, it's theming and it's story and the way, as, as you said at the start, it lets it breathe in a lot of ways that a game typically won't. That's enough for me in this case. Uh, I think that style's great. I think the sound design is really interesting. I do think the level design was a bit off, but ultimately it was just the yeah i need to soak in this world i need to drink it in uh and i would definitely sign up for olia 2 with you know bigger badder more interesting for sure i don't think they could do another game exactly like this and get away with it like let's put it that way yeah yeah and i i agree maybe my expectations were just too high going into it it being a devolver title and devolver publishing you know a pretty nice slate of games albeit quite a diverse range of experiences short and and long but it did flow really well. Like I finished it in a day and a half. Going between the islands flows really well. Like I don't like getting stuck on really hard puzzles, and so that is nice just for it to flow along and everything to be for the most for straightforward, but not boring. And I guess that's an important element. Is like I was never really bored playing this game because of the atmosphere and wanting to know what's going on and sort of pushing towards and trying to escape. And so. Yeah, it's yeah, it's it's a it does a lot of things really well. I guess I just wish there was just a little little bit more there, like the mechanic was explored in a few other ways, like the harpoon mechanic, because it's such a big facet of the game that I feel like could just be uh, just have a little bit more depth to it. But you know, at the same time, for how small the team is, how they execute it, it's it's done quite well. So shame, I guess it comes down to would you recommend Olia? Hmm. <sighs> I think even though with all my gripes, I think I still would recommend it because it is such a unique title uh, and especially in its world and how kind of just, like you say, it just fills me with dread most steps of the way uh, and the way it forces you to slow down and soak in the atmosphere and, and, and sort of like build up to each world. It's not just smashing through, trying to just complete objectives checklists etc it's an experience uh and that's it's really it's really great to see um so yeah i i would recommend it and like you said it's not a super long title like about five to six hours so it's just like interesting experience to play over a weekend that i i would recommend 
Yeah, obviously I am pretty hot on the game. I definitely would recommend Olia. I think uh, the thing that makes it stand out for me is just uh, the way that it lets you kind of work things out uh, for yourself. It's definitely not a complex game. It's definitely not a long game. Like if this was a 12 hour game, we'd be having a very different conversation because it would not stand up. I think it, it sort of hits that sweet spot of it knows what it's trying to do. It has a thing that it wants to say, or in this case, not say perhaps. And it, it just gets out of the way of that. I think this is going to be a divisive game. You'll either really, really like it or you just won't really gel with it. So I do recommend checking out a video, whether it's mine or someone else's, uh, because, you know, I think there's a lot of really interesting things happening here. And while I agree at some points, they maybe don't take it as far as they could or should. I still am super glad I played it. And as I said, I, I don't typically sit down and play games for longer than two or three hours at a time when I'm not streaming. And I just could not stop playing it. There was something that just kept me glued to the screen. And that's got to count for something. So yeah, I definitely recommend it. I did play it on PC. I know you played it on the Switch. Uh, I did I play on Switch. And that's an important note to make is that although it ran pretty well on Switch, it did hard crash on me a few times. And the mm -hmm. frame rate in the cutscenes could actually be really bad as well. Yeah, it, right. didn't, it, it didn't break the experience. But yeah, a few, a few technical issues. They're just like more annoying than, than anything. But otherwise, it ran quite well. Well, that does it for another episode, Seamus. The first one that we've actually had some clashes on. It does. It does a little bit. What are you talking about? We were clashing <laughs> on Scott Pilgrim last week. Yeah. You know? uh, a little bit, a little <laughs> bit. I, 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 someone told me that we're like the David and Margaret of video game reviews. Anyway, <laughs> thanks for joining me, Seamus. It's always a pleasure. And it's, listener, it's great fun. Dear, dear listener, make sure you go check out pixelsforbreakfast.net for all of the content. Come on over to youtube.com forward slash pixelsforbreakfast. Make sure you jump on to twitch.tv forward slash pixelsforbreakfast. Stream three days a week over there. And that's about it. So as always, don't forget to pixelate your breakfast.